Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a very busy and getting increasingly more busy Monday. Aaron Maloney is here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron? Jesse is here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here, though. That part wasn't a lie. Jesse's here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Jesse? All right. Or Rick, as you know him? Yeah. Everybody's here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Let's turn all the mics back on. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, according to reports, former Dolphins head coach and Steelers linebackers coach Brian Flores is meeting with the Cardinals today about their open head coaching position. And according to Howard Balzer, Sean Payton and the Cardinals will meet Thursday. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network just, quote, tweeted what Howard said and said, source confirms Sean Payton will interview with the Arizona Cardinals his fourth this cycle. So, between Cardinals coaching candidates Aaron Glenn, Dan Quinn, Vance Joseph, Sean Payton, Brian Flores, Giro Evero, Frank Reich, and possibly still D'Amico Ryans, at this point in the search, who do you guys think the team will go with as its next head coach? Well, the Peyton thing is a big wrinkle, and we're going to get more into detail on this, but but uh, you said this during the break, Wolf. The fact that they are going to him late, which is what you had said all along you would do if that's who you wanted, was to try to be the last team in there. And I didn't disagree with that, but I also was like, I would like an interview scheduled, though, because if you wait too long, you might not even get a shot. Look, settle down. Well, now they have the... Uh, <laughs> Yes, I'm the one. I was never worried about it. Uh, I I still think they probably will end up with Flores, but having Peyton scheduled now this week makes things really interesting. Wow, it really does, because you're thinking to yourself, okay, what is the motivation here for Sean Payton? Is he just looking at the Arizona Cardinals and he's saying, you know what, I really want to go over here, but I'm going to use you for leverage. He's already got some leverage that is out there right now. If he wasn't interested, why would he truly... Want to interview with the Arizona Cardinals? Oh, I don't think he needs leverage at this point. No. Because I think at a certain so you point. Think he's, to my point, you think it's yeah, legit. I think it's legit because. He wants to interview. Any leverage he gets at this point, I think, is just driving up the compensation price to get him, which, and that's coming from the team he's going to go coach. Does he really want a team to have to trade away two first round picks if he's going to go coach him? I think he's getting paid either way. Yeah, interesting. More on interesting. this as the day unfolds. All right, the Phoenix Suns have now won three games in a row after taking down the Grizzlies 1-12-1-10 at the Footprint Center last night. Chris Paul returned from injury with a double-double, and Mikhail Bridges dropped 24 points. So my question to you guys is, are the Suns back? Well, it sure feels like they're on the way to being back. I think I'll say that. They, uh, they've they won three in a row, and that's nice, and they needed wins. But it's the fact that Chris Paul can at least show flashes of looking the way he did last night, and maybe he's turning a corner. And it's the fact that they've won three in a row without Devin Booker, and I'm assuming he's not that far away from a return. He might still be a few weeks yeah. away, but like you're going to have Booker at some point, too. Yeah. Um, no, they're not back. They're not back until Devin Booker is back and winning games. Now, do you like how they're playing over the last three games? Absolutely. Playing much better. Much more physical. Has anyone else noticed that? Anybody? 
how much more physical they actually are playing right now over this little mini win streak yeah. that they're on. To me, it's noticeable. It's palpable, as a matter of fact, if you watch it. It is very, very cool. So um, they're not bad till Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are out on the floor in their winning games. That's when they'll be back. Just wanted to add that Tory Craig also had 20 points yesterday as well. So everybody just seems to be chipping in for them. Mikel, Mikel Bridges, man. He was the star of that game as far as I'm concerned. All right, so the conference championships are set in the NFL. The AFC is the Bengals at the Chiefs. The NFC is the 49ers at the Eagles. This takes us to our Sanderson Ford poll question up now at ArizonaSports.com. Which QB matchup do you want to see in the Super Bowl? Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy is from Arizona. What? Joe Burrow versus Jalen Hurts, or Joe Burrow versus Brock Purdy? I want to see Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You're talking about the best quarterback in the football universe, the most established where everybody compares any other quarterback in the league to Patrick Mahomes. And here's Brock Purdy, drafted Mr. Irrelevant in the seventh round all the way over here. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And if he gets to the Super Bowl, Brock Purdy, <laughs> he might win a Super Bowl before he wins or loses his first game. Are you kidding me? That storyline is football. I don't think you can go wrong with any matchup now with the four teams they have left and the four quarterback matchups. If you're telling me, and, I, and like I keep saying, I'm, I'll keep saying it all week, I, I think Cincinnati's going to the Super Bowl. But if you're asking me specifically which quarterback matchup I want to see, it would be Mahomes against Jalen Hurts. I just, I can't. Patrick Mahomes is one of the few players in the league that I have not gotten sick of that when they have success. Like when the Chiefs are playing, I'm watching no matter what if Mahomes is out there. Maybe not so much if Chad Henney's out there, but I noticed we'll have Henney on the list of potential matchups, so I'll go Mahomes and Hurts. All right, I don't like either of your answers, so I'm going to go Burrow and Purdy. <laughs> I can't go wrong with Burrow. Purdy. Rock Purdy. You gotta say it that way, too. All right, right? And, okay. and hey, I'm with the consensus. I'm never with the consensus. Everybody always disagrees with me. Uh, Burrow and Purdy, 38 uh, percent. Burrow and Hertz, 28 percent. Mahomes and Purdy, 18 percent. And uh, Luke's boring pick of Mahomes and Hertz is 15 percent. The two MVP oh. candidates from this year, and that's the one people don't want to see. It's, the it's the it's two boring. MVP front runners. It's how, boring. How do you not want to see? The most established quarterback in the NFL play Mr. Irrelevant in his rookie year. <laughs> I think there's also Come the on. I think there's also the factor that Patrick Mahomes is not really Patrick Mahomes and he might not be for the rest of the playoffs well, after that injury. That, there's something to that. Don't after that injury. All right, him. one more for you guys, and this is Wolf and Down Your Lunch, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a fun one here. 
Uh, on Friday, we mentioned that NFL draft prospect and former Kentucky quarterback Will Levis puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Ugh. And There's over video the- of it, too. <laughs> There's also a picture of the next thing that I'm about to say. And over the weekend, ESPN analyst and former NFL quarterback Dan Orlovsky posted on Twitter that he likes cucumbers in his tacos. This begs the question, what is the weirdest food combination you guys like? Well, I could go, I should walk out there and look at Jarrett's desk and see what he just ate for lunch, because that's probably it. But I gotta be honest, mayonnaise in the coffee is, that might be it. Mayonnaise in the coffee is awful. I mean, you put hot sauce on ice cream, but there's at least a chance that might be good. Yeah, I know, that's what I, I would have to say. That would be my answer. Frank's Red Hot on vanilla bean ice cream. I thought that was a joke. You actually do that? You no, thought that was a no, joke? Do you know you right this guy? Now. I mean... Well, think about it. Vanilla bean and the Red Hot, it goes together. It's, it's almost like um, wings. I would try that. I wouldn't really it's try like them. blue cheese or ranch and Frank's Red Hot. We, we should wings. try that. We should try that on the air one day. You're, you're Red Hot on, uh, yeah. on vanilla bean ice cream. I would do that. Really good. There's nothing you could say to get me to try mayonnaise and coffee, though. So oh, that one's still... Man, that's, that's, that's Seriously, I would barf. I told you, I would I would pass on him in the draft. I'd, and if and if he goes on to have some great career and 15 years from now, people are like, wow, you passed on him? And it's like, you put mayonnaise in his coffee. And they'd be like, you know what? I'd rather lose 14 <laughs> games a year than have a quarterback who drinks mayonnaise in his coffee. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. Uh, when we come back, the Cardinals are set to interview Brian Flores for their head coaching vacancy today. And now they're set to interview Sean Payton on Thursday. So who's their guy? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, things are uh, getting interesting, Wolf, as far as the Cardinals head coaching position. Oh, yeah. Rick rattled off all the names there during Wolf and Down Your Lunch. We're to the point now. I know Michael Bidwell said he was going to cast a wide net. I didn't realize it was like a worldwide net where they were going to interview everybody, but I like it. Now, up until an hour ago, the problem with that was, okay, they're interviewing all of these guys, but they're not going to talk to Sean Payton. You and I were talking this morning. At least talk to Sean Payton, right? At least at least talk to him. Hear what he has to say. Maybe he can say something that makes you think, hey, we should try this with Kyler, whether we hire this guy or not. Well, it turns out they are going to meet with him on Thursday. On Thursday. On Thursday. Okay, why do you like that, Luke? Why do you like the fact that it's going to be Thursday? It's not going to be today. <laughs> it's not going to be tomorrow. It's not even going to be on Wednesday, Luke. It's going to be on Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Because, first of all, it is the most, the most productive, productive day, day of the week. Of I didn't even week. think of that. That's number one. Wow, okay. Okay, but what else comes to mind? Well, I think where you're going with this is <laughs> that probably makes you the last team to interview him, right? Well, I'd I, be I fine interviewing him today. I'm just, honestly, I thought this was going to be over on Friday. Remember that. I said that last Friday. The 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 coming week, Friday you afternoon. Ooh. You just 157 this, feeling, this upcoming you had, Friday. You had this feeling that it was going to be over. Now, it may not be Basinonians. It, it may not. We'll see. But you just had this feeling the, the Sean Payton question was going to be over. And I honestly think of course, once this happens, once Sean Payton declares where he's going to go, I think you're going to see a lot of movement. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. I was thinking about this driving over today. Okay, yeah, the Cardinals don't have their coach yet. I don't think that's a real shock. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it hasn't been that long. And if they're not going to hire Sean Payton, this was my thinking a couple hours ago, then there's not, you don't have to rush. You want to make sure you get it right. 
But it is kind of strange that nobody has hired a head coach yet. And a lot of that, I'm sure, hinges on Sean Payton. And that was the thing that hit me as strange when we started the show today. Sean Payton still hasn't taken a job yet. Now, does that mean he waits till next year? We talked about this, but everything mm-hmm. has changed now in the last two hours. Is he waiting for, for next year? He just he takes another year, not off, but off in terms of the effort and the wear and tear on your life of the difference between being an NFL head coach and being somebody on TV talking about football. Does he just do that for another year and wait and see what jobs are out there next year? you got to figure Dallas or the Chargers are a lot more likely to be out there a year from now. Or is he going to take one of these jobs? He's just taking his sweet time. But now you see him interviewing with the Cardinals and your mind just starts the race. Did he not want to take a job because he wanted to talk to the Cardinals first? Yeah, you know, if you could plan it perfectly for the Arizona Cardinals, if in fact Sean Payton was your target, he was your number one guy, you were... You were determined to actually hire Sean Payton as your head coach. You'd want to talk to him last. You would. You'd want to talk to him last. Now, the fact that they've hired a general manager, it makes this a whole lot more less likely. What? Yes. <laughs> less likely. A whole lot more less likely. I, well, I was going to say more, and then I said, no, that doesn't make sense. Okay. Less likely that they actually go ahead and, and hire him. Because now I think it's a situation where it's it's not quite as good a fit. Now, I don't know Monty Ossenfort. I don't know his relationship with Sean Payton. But um, if you're a new GM and you're coming in and you've hired a guy, Dave Sears, of course, that you know, somebody you've worked with for three years, of course, in the past, a guy who's a personal friend of yours. And well, Chris Spielman going, had a lot of good stuff to say about him this yes, morning, too. Yes, he did, yes. And we've got to, honestly, we got to get back to that at some point in time. But you're going to go ahead and you're going to bring him in and you're going to build this culture together and you're going to get everyone else on board. And then Sean Payton is going to come in here. I I, I just don't know if that's feasible. This it doesn't make sense. So, and and I don't I don't disagree with that being a logical way to look at it. But then why do you think they're interviewing him? Well, I would want to talk to Sean Payton. When you, I, I would too. I would want to talk to him. I'd want to say, "Hey, listen, you know." But why would he agree to it, Kyler Murray? I, I have no idea. Maybe he's got his own motives. Maybe he's got his own agenda. Maybe he's trying to get another job. I think they're both using each other else. at this meeting. That'd be amazing. It, that's a real possibility. <laughs> that is. No, it is. This it's is the, the NFL, man. It's absolutely the Cardinals could be like, "Hey, let's get some thoughts from Sean Payton." Sean Payton's like, "Hey, Denver, look who I'm interviewing with right now." Yeah. That absolutely could happen. By the way, they have Kyler Murray over there. Yeah, you guys have Russell Wilson. Yes, and we can't oh, get out way, from that deal. What was the comp for Kyler Murray? Good Russell Wilson. Yeah, not 2022 was Russell Wilson. Russell, it was Russell Wilson, not Ride Broncos Country or whatever it was. You can't let's ride. Yeah, that's it is. Um, the other thing, though, I would say, and I, I'm just. I'm just putting this out there. I don't disagree with your logic that, okay, it's a, it, it to me feels less likely they would hire Sean Payton today than it did before they hired a GM and an assistant GM. But the one thing I would say is the other teams that have openings have GMs as well. It's not like there's another team out there that could instantly give Sean Payton complete control. Now, maybe one of them is willing to blow out their GM to, if it means getting Sean Payton. But as we sit here today, the other teams are the openings. It's not like there's right. another team that has the coaching and GM spot vacant. Right. That was just an advantage the Cardinals have yes. had that they don't necessarily have anymore. But it really just kind of levels things out. Yeah, no, I, I like the way that uh, you're, you're going with that one because you're, you're right on. It's just the truth. But for me... I'm wondering. I'm wondering if he's using this because of Kyler Murray. 
there, there's a huge draw that is there. Everyone has talked about it. They've alluded to it from time to time. Sean, in his ability to look at a young guy like Kyler Murray and want to develop a quarterback like Kyler Murray, who's got all of the talent, all of the skills that maybe Sean Payton hasn't really worked with in the past. And maybe he wants to scratch that itch, like so many other people assume, in terms of blending the old and the new, the middle offense that I continue to talk about. Maybe that's what he's looking I don't know. I do know, I believe, that Sean Payton's got to be a little interested to see what the Arizona Cardinals are going to say to him. And it's the reason why, in my opinion, he has not taken a job somewhere else. See, that that to me makes this a lot more fascinating of, yeah, I could take the Denver job. Yeah, I could take the Houston job. But I at least want to hear what the Cardinals have to say. Yes. And if that's the case, then this is a very real possibility that he it's still a very real possibility that he's your head coach. And I know. I'm sure if we did a poll question, 95% of Cardinals fans, that is their first choice, maybe even higher, honestly. Here's the one thing I don't know right now. Um, Who has the best odds of actually impacting Kyler Murray and getting him right going forward? He's got to get right physically. As we all know, recovering from the ACL, he's got to get it right. But mental and what is going on mentally with Kyler Murray? Man, who has the best chance of actually reaching him? And being able to get him where he needs to go. That's the question that I ask. And guess what? There's no easy answer on that one, Basin O'Neill. It's going to be, you'd have to be sitting inside the room listening to the questions that were asked. And the answers from Sean Payton. The answers from Brian Flores. The answers from every candidate that you're talking to. Maybe Maybe that is the deciding factor, and it should be. Well, and if you bring in Peyton, and I would say to not even a lesser extent, but a different extent, Brian Flores, I think two of the main things you're looking at when you make this hire, who can get the most out of Kyler Murray, and and who is going to let us know once and for all what Kyler Murray's about. You know what I mean? If you bring in Sean Payton and it's not working with Kyler Murray two years from now, I don't think anybody's going to look and say, well, it must be Payton's fault bringing in a new coach. They're going to look at Kyler and be like, all right, man, you've had two coaches and one of them, we get it, we, he was an experience, but now you got a guy that's won a Super Bowl and worked magic with Drew Brees. If you bring in Brian Flores... I think you're going to get either, okay, you know what, Kyler is up for putting in the work, like O.J. McDuffie said to Bickley and Murata last week, or it's going to be like, all right, you know, Brian Flores, just by the way he does things, sort of is exposed that Kyler Murray isn't that guy. Now, here, here is O.J. McDuffie with Bickley and Murata. This is late last week. Brian Flores, we talked about New England. He's, he's used to Tom Brady-type work ethic at, at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't put that in, he's, he's got a problem. You know, so Kyler's willing to put that, that work in, you know, Coming early, leaving late, you know, being in that book, you know, I mean, look, it's not, it's no, you know, uh, it's not a mystery that Tua didn't know a lot of the playbook at times. I know he was young in the game, but how much work did he try to put in to, to, to get it memorized or to learn it? If Kyler's willing to put that work in, I promise you that Brian Flores be on the side and give him every opportunity to succeed. I think if the guy is Brian Flores or Sean Payton. And there might be other ones, but I think those two guys, you're going to find out what Kyler Murray's all about within the next two years. I mean, I know he's hurt to start next year. You're going to find out one way yes. or the other. I, I, For me personally, it's Vance Joseph, Brian Flores, and Sean Payton. Each one offers something a little bit different. Vance Joseph and Brian Flores, defensive-minded coaches, 
old school guys. Yet, Kyler already knows Vance Joseph. Doesn't really know Brian Flores as far as I'm concerned. That's the difference between those guys. And then Sean Payton. Sean Payton, the offensive guru. Quarterback guru. Which one of these three has the best opportunity of reaching them? I honestly don't know because the defensive-minded coach, that is such a huge part of this. The separation between that defensive head coach and Kyler Murray, I think is a big deal. Could be dead wrong on that, but I don't think so. How, How great would you feel for the first time in a year and a half as a Cardinals fan if they come out of this offseason, new GM, new assistant GM, we got to talk about what that means for Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris. We're going to do that in a little bit. And Sean Payton's your head coach. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, that sends the message that everything Michael Bidwell said about, I'm not, I'm done with this. I'm not messing around. We're going to be fixing this. That is everything you could do as an owner to fix it. Bringing in new GM, new assistant GM, and Sean Payton. Now, maybe Sean Payton doesn't end up being the right hire. Maybe he isn't their guy, but we're going to find out, I think, like you said, this week. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Chris Paul came back last night for the Suns. And he looked like Chris Paul. So is the point God back? We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, here's how valuable I am to the company, all right? Okay. Everybody out there is in some meeting right now. I know. Which I know you love because you feel like you're like getting like a free, I don't know. Like if, if, you, if you have a meeting and Wolf's not included, and then if I remind Wolf, it's like this jolt of energy. Like, ah, we're getting, we, we don't have to go to this meeting. <laughs> it's, it's, also, it's also a little alarming that everybody in the company's meeting and we're the only two people not there. Yeah. Um, but so I walked out there and I was like trying to refill this coffee-ish thing I got and spilled it everywhere in the uh, Okay, great. Because there's hot water just shooting everywhere well, in the break nice. room. Yeah, so. it's kind of a weird day. A lot of stuff happening, yeah. like getting knocked off the air and stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Not just getting knocked off the air. This board was—it looked like we just were playing a slot machine yeah. and hit a jackpot. Like all these lights flashing of course, and sounds. Mel and Rick—they're not in there either. That's true. They're, they're not command and control, but they might so be it's listening. Not just us, because they might be listening over like the <laughs> video. It's just us that doesn't know what's going on. State there. of the stations is what we used to call it. Don't call it that anymore. No, now I don't even know what it's called. Business of the brand. Yeah, that's what it's called. All right, so (laughs) while they're all in there working, (laughs) we get to uh, talk about the Suns, a team that has now won three in a row. Okay. A team, and yes, I get it. I I understand people have been tweeting me this. You know, Chris Paul, he's not going to be able to do that again. Well, maybe, but he did do it last night in his first game back. If Chris Paul is going to play like that, they are in a much better position than they were a week ago, not because they won three games in a row, because they have Chris Paul. Now, is he going to do it against Charlotte? I don't know. Is he going to do it consistently over the next 34 games? We have to wait and see. His track record suggests he will, although he is now 37, and, and this season he has not looked like that guy. But to me, Wolf, that was the biggest takeaway of the weekend. Yeah, three wins and four nights is great. Over three pretty good teams. But the fact that Chris Paul came back last night and looked good is the most encouraging thing going no, forward. No, man, I'm with you 100% on that. Uh, he was back, man. Chris Paul came out of the tunnel basically on fire. He scored 15 in the first quarter, and that set the tone, man. This is part of the reason why the Suns seized the first quarter and seized control of the game because of Chris Paul and what he did. They had control of this game for two and a half quarters. 
Yeah, going into the fourth quarter, it's what an eighteen-point lead, mm-hmm. I believe. Going into the fourth quarter, no, fifteen. I keep saying fifty because, because of that, about that giant three-pointer yes, from under the uh, opposing hoop. But again, uh, Chris Paul was the guy who came out and set the tone, and this is what I want to see from Chris Paul. You got to be able to do this from time to time. You know, it was like he came out and it was check this out, man. I got you. I got you. The confidence, I think, that that brought to this team, where everyone looked, hey, look, it's CB3. <laughs> it's him again. Look at him. He's back. And we can tell he's, he's not only here physically, but, man, his game looks like it again. And I'm not trying to make it sound like Chris Paul was not trying previously. No, I mean, he hasn't looked like Chris was, Paul this season. But he hasn't looked like He's Chris had a couple flashes. So, yes. and, and to be fair, maybe last night is another flash. But... Again, his entire track record for his entire career has been consistently great. I don't expect him to be consistently great these final 34 games, but what matters is Chris Paul in the playoffs. And the other part of this that matters is the impact it has on his teammates. This is Mikel Bridges after the game. Um, yeah, we just playing. We just playing the right way. Um, I feel like just kind of us being on C in a little bit when he was playing, just about pace. And, you know, even before he got hurt and when he came back, he just, he watches it, he feels it. I think he just knows, like, all right, bring the pace. And he's trusting me and other guys to bring it up to play. So um, his pace was great. And and think about, see, he does want pace too. But, you know, I get it. He's a little bit older, so I get it. But um, it was great to see him just play and just hoop and not think. I mean, which he never does, but um, he just he looked great out there. Getting back to the point where in these press conferences, guys get to take little shots at each other, yeah. which was like a hallmark of this team last year, and it really was gone for the first half of this year. Yeah. Well, when you're losing, yeah, there was kind nobody, of what happened, nobody's but, joking uh, when you're losing. You know, um, Mikael Bridges. I, I'm so glad you played sound for Mikael because to me, right, I, I thought he was he was fantastic. Oh man, he was clutch. And to see Chris Paul setting him up and deferring to him in some of those crunch time moments, the last five minutes of a game, and to see Mikel hit a couple of huge dagger threes. Listen, without those threes from Mikel Bridges inside of five minutes, they don't win that game. Yeah, because Memphis was coming back. They, they were there. They were right there on the doorstep. And although they never took the lead, never had the lead in this game, Good. the Memphis Grizzlies... Who'd won 31 games coming into last night? That's a season split with Memphis, too, because the Suns just beat them less than a month ago, late last month. That's right. Um, Well, wait a minute. They did? The Suns beat Memphis, uh, like, mid, what was that, mid-December? Yeah, 125-108, December 27th. Okay, there you go. They lost to him last week. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yes. No, you didn't just imagine that (laughs) that horrible loss to Memphis last week where they lost by 30. That that really happened. Okay, nice. That did. Yes, they, they, but hey, they won this game, and that's what really matters, and maybe found themselves in the process. Well, how about Mikel, like you're talking, okay, here's the, Mikel Bridges' last three games, right? Cam Johnson comes back for the first of these three, and then he ends up sitting in the Indiana game, and he played last night. You know, wasn't as great, but it's a process now with Cam Johnson. But this is Mikel Bridges against Brooklyn. 28 points on 47% shooting. Uh, gets to the free throw line 10 times, has 9 assists. That's a season high. Ties a season high. They win the game. Against Indiana, 22 points, 4 steals. 
Again, 47% shooting. Hits a couple threes. Suns win again. And then last night against Memphis, 24 points. Uh, hits four threes and uh, has a block of steel, four assists, five rebounds. Like He's, just, he's always going to be Mikel defensively. And that doesn't always show up in the stats. Like, steals is a, is a fun defensive stat, but that doesn't tell the whole story of what you're doing defensively in a basketball game. But if he's going to be giving you 24, 22, 28 points, he had 21 the game before that, 24 before that, 26 two games before that, he's gone over 21 points in six of his last seven games, and that's not necessarily part of his repertoire. Like, he can do it, but he hasn't been able to do it nearly that consistent over his entire career. If he's going to be scoring like that and you get Devin Booker back, yes, it's one game for Mikel. I guess it's six of the last seven. There's some some good signs here that weren't there a couple weeks ago. Yeah. No, you're right about that, Luke. There, there are a lot of good signs that are coming around right now. Just seeing Chris Paul go out and play like we have seen Chris Paul for the vast majority of times that he's been here. But you mentioned Mikael Bridges. Bloomer brought this up. Five straight games with 20 or more points in five straight games. Yeah. It's the first time that has ever happened in Mikael Bridges' career. That's interesting. Do you think Devin Booker will accept him into the MIDI committee that he keeps saying he'll never the MIDI get into? Committee right there. Yeah. I think so. He's got to be close, he would right? would be, but yeah, he keep launching up some of those threes. Dagger threes. <laughs> okay, we're coming back. You know, I, I can't even imagine the impact that that has. It's very similar to a great tackle on a football field where the offense is lining up and just running the ball down your throat. And suddenly some plug linebacker, a Mike backer, maybe it's the weak side Jack backer, whoever it may be. You was bam, run up and jack somebody. And it just fires up. The whole, the bleeding stops momentarily. And that's kind of the way I felt last night watching Chris Paul again. One more from Chris Paul after the game. He was asked what he has noticed from his team when he was out. Man, they wasn't losing every game. You know, them guys was competing. I think one of the biggest things I noticed is how the ball was moving, how the ball was popping, because uh, I wasn't out there and Book wasn't out there. You know, and um, we went into a little lull maybe in that third or fourth quarter, and I looked over and I said, uh, I called a play that I know that the guys have been running to move the ball. You know, just because I'm back doesn't mean I have to have it all the time. You know, and I think that's going to be something that's a conscious effort of just making sure the ball keeps moving because uh, that's what's been really nice being out watching us do. You imagine sitting on the bench. And I, we had Cam Johnson on last week. I asked him this, like, what are you guys talking about when it's Cam Johnson, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Chris Paul campaign all on the bench because they can't play, right? Because they were, you know, a lot of them hurt at the same time. And uh, I, I just, sitting on the bench next to Chris Paul while he's watching his team. You know, I mean, this is not Chris Paul watching some Eastern Conference game. I mean, he sees the game differently. That would be interesting. But if you're sitting next to him and he's watching his team when he's out, like he just said it right there, yeah, winning and losing matters to him, but he was watching how the ball was moving. That's completely different than how most people are going to watch that game. One of the reasons why I would not be surprised at all if Chris Paul is a head coach at some point in time in the association. 
Uh, Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back, the Cardinals have hired an assistant general manager. So what exactly does that mean for the futures of Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris? We'll get into that and what Dave Sears might be bringing to the Cardinals next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. A uh, a move that maybe doesn't grab the headlines as much as hiring your head coach or even hiring your GM. Wolf is hiring your assistant GM. The Cardinals did that over the weekend. Dave Sears from Detroit. And that's still a potentially very impactful move. We had Chris Spielman on... Uh, this show earlier today, he joined us, and he talked about, of course, Chris Spielman is uh, is there in Detroit, special assistant to the president and CEO of the Lions. He's a big part of building that culture, and he knows Dave Sears very well. This is what he told us about him. With Dave, uh, he is as talented as evaluator uh, as I've been around. I've been around a lot of them in my football life. Um, he is a team guy. He is a leader because he led our college department. He's a great communicator. He's not looking to serve Dave Sears. He's looking to serve the Arizona Cardinals. Probably one of the humblest, smartest football men I've been around. He's a young guy. I think it's no surprise that that he was plucked from our staff. People that know him and, and been around him, he knows what he's doing, and he's excellent at a ta- talent evaluator. There's going to be real change in the policies and the protocols going forward for the Arizona Cardinals in their front office. Um, this culture, this construct is going to be real. And it's going to take people in time to implement said culture. It does. It's one of the reasons why Monty Ossenfort went outside to go get Dave Sears as well as his assistant general manager. Okay, so we're at the point of the conversation where I ask you a question that is unanswerable and then I'll just hold you accountable for the answer, okay? Okay, thank you. Do you read anything, or what do you think this means, that the Cardinals so so far went outside the organization for their GM and outside the organization for their assistant GM? If I'm Vance Joseph, how should I feel right now? Yeah. Am I going to get lost in the shuffle simply because they want to go outside the organization? Yes. Uh, That's kind of what it feels like. Once again, yeah. I, and I'm sure Vance would tell you that the odds lessened when they went and got Monty Ossenfort and brought him in. Outside of the organization, his odds were worse Yeah, that he was going to be the head coach. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible. I hope it isn't because I think he ought to receive serious consideration because I think he's capable of doing I, I, I still would and have I like him. the fact he knows Kyler Murray and has a relationship with him already. Again, I don't know. But if you're sitting inside that room and you're interviewing Vance Joseph and Brian Flores and Sean Payton when you're actually interviewing them, you're going to get a feel for what guy is going to be able to impact Kyler Murray and make Kyler Murray successful going forward in his career. You'll have a you'll have an idea which one that is. Right now, if you're not inside that room, you got no idea. No, and I think how they handle Vance is going to say a lot about Kyler Murray, although I don't know 
that will be able to interpret it definitively. You know what I mean? Because just on the surface, if they decide... Again, Sean Payton's separate. If they hire Sean Payton, which is now back on the table, because in case you're just joining us, they are supposed to uh, to meet with him on Thursday. If they hire Sean Payton, I think that's just a separate thing. It was Sean Payton, and it worked out, and that's that's who you're gonna you're gonna go all in. You're gonna go all in on Sean Payton. But if it really does come down to like Brian Flores or Vance Joseph, and they decide we got to go outside the organization and get a guy to reach Kyler Murray because we don't think anybody here can do it. I think on some level that says something about Kyler Murray. I, I just, there's no way it doesn't. Yeah. Because yeah. they know Vance Joseph can coach. Sure, of course. But again, what do the odds say? Is it is it better for Vance Joseph that he knows Kyler Murray? Or is it better that Brian Flores does not? Well, that, how about that's that's going to be something they decide. The other twist to all this, and I know we all know this, but it's easy to forget it in this conversation Kyler Murray's not playing at the start of next year, almost certainly, sure, right? Right. So whatever this this new coach, whether it's Vance Joseph or it's Brian Flores or Sean Payton or whoever, whatever they are looking to build, they're going to be building it to a certain extent without Kyler Murray sure. before he even gets involved. They're going to be building the Cardinals culture without Kyler. Yes, but there's, again, um, the first thing that has to happen is your front office has to change. And that's why the hiring of Dave Sears is very, very interesting to me as well. Anybody that has listened to me, you know, I love Adrian Wilson, and I think he's going to be a general manager in this league at some point in time. Same thing for Quentin Harris. I love these two guys and believe in them and the success that they're going to have. General managers at some point. Right now, they're relative, and I'm using air quotes, relative inexperience. I think hurt him in this search. When you're talking about a dub, what 2015 is when he really got into football in terms of front office, and you know, yeah, that's seven years right there. I understand that, but you look at Monty Austin Ford; he's got 20 years. Yeah. 20 years right now, and that typically is the kind of background most general managers have. Now, as I say that, I immediately think of John Lynch. <laughs> right? Do you see how quickly he got down to the field in that game last night? Was that like an optical illusion? They showed him in the yes. booth, and then they cut away for a second and showed a play, and they showed him on the sidelines. Yes, but it's also interesting to me in terms of Monty Ford in the way that he's constructing this, because, Luke, I believe that Monty is going to be more up here on the what are, what are we going to do. That's what strategy is all about. He's going to be up here as to what are we going to do. And I think the assistant general manager, I think Dave Sears, is going to be more about, okay, this is what you're saying, Monty. Now I've got to show everybody else in the front office how we're going to do it. Monty, you're going to come up with the idea of this is the way we scout our players. In this organization, this is the process in which we scout. This is the way we scout. Now, okay, Dave, I I trust you because I know you. You go teach everyone else how to do that. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be the guy. It sounds like in charge of he's going to play such a huge role in these drafts, right? I mean, we just heard Chris Spielman say he's as talented of a talent evaluator as he has been around. Yeah, and here's actually more from Chris Spielman. He was on with us earlier today talking about uh, Dave Sears. The thing I loved about Dave when I first took this job, I started in the scouting stuff a little bit, and they had me do some linebackers. And for me, it was like, all right, everybody sucks. I hate everybody. <laughs> and, no. 
know how he feels. Yeah. And Dave called me that night after that meeting, and uh, I was I was maybe here three, four weeks. I don't know. And he said, Chris, do you mind a bit of advice? I said, of course. I'll take any advice I can get. He said, it's been my experience over the years that guys that play a position, then they evaluate a position, they're not fair in how they evaluate it. I would strongly suggest that you go back and watch each and every one of those linebackers and don't look at it from uh, your perspective, but look at it from, okay, truly look at the kit. And I said, I'll do that. Not thinking that I was going to change my mind. Right. I changed my mind on every single guy. <laughs> and, uh, he's helped me grow in, in, in my position. And I, I, I just think it's, uh, it's a great hire for you guys. And it's, it's a loss for us. You know, it's amazing is I was listening to Chris Beelman. I was thinking of A-Dub, Adrian Wilson. What a great physical in your face, blow you off the map. I called him the gas man. That was his nickname right there because of how he used to play. There were explosions happening all over the field. And I thought to myself, okay, the, the Cardinals hired him. Dub, how, how do you not watch tape and go, you wuss. Oh, <laughs> you I, know what I, I mean? can't imagine. <laughs> he would probably sign off on Buda Baker I coming out of school, and that's about that it. Chris yeah. Spielman just said. And that's something I'm sure Adub had to adjust to as well. But I, I honestly think with Quentin and Adrian, I think those two guys, the fact that Michael Bidwell hired outside of the organization, I think that has hurt them in terms of the assistant general manager position as well. Well, I mean, what happens to those guys now? You know, because like you said, they're relatively inexperienced and you're young to be a GM, but now you're you're bringing in more guys above them in this organization. So I, I, it's a tough balance, right? It's similar to with Vance Joseph. Just because this team was a mess last year doesn't mean there aren't good people that know stuff about football in the front office sure. like Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris. Yes. doesn't mean that Vance Joseph can't coach. It just means that they, and it certainly seems this way, want to go in a different direction. I mean, when I saw the Dave Sears hire over the weekend, my first thought was, boy, Vance Joseph's probably not getting this job. You know, maybe he still does, but it, it sure felt like when they made that move, it's like, no, we're serious about going outside yeah. the organization above all else. Yeah. No. And maybe they need to. Maybe that's the right thing to do. It sure felt that way from about week eight on this season. It really did. Yeah. I, I think Dave Sears, he's going to be a lot more hands on. Monty's going to be the idea guy. This is our philosophy. This is dogma. This is what we believe. This is how we're going to do it. These are the protocols that we're going to use to evaluate a kid. Now here, Dave, go make sure they're doing that while I'm up here, the idea guy, once again. It's not that Monty's not going to help him. I just think that Dave Sears will be responsible for the implementation of it. All right, when we come back, would Brian Flores be a good fit for the Cardinals? We're going to ask the Steelers broadcaster. Have you ever heard of this guy, Wolf, Craig Wolfley? Yes. Okay, Craig Wolfley is going to join. I knew the answer to that, obviously. Wolf Brothers going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.